beautiful women out there and welcome to my podcast, A Woman's Success. This podcast has been developed with single mothers and women in mind to help them through these difficult, challenging times. My name is Wynne. I am a mother, a nurse, and I also have a degree in Christian counseling. I've always wanted to create a forum where you can be free and open to have discussion and to hear from other women who may be facing challenges or struggling mentally, emotionally, and physically. Having seen firsthand and knowing how devastating it can be for some single mothers, this platform hopefully will allow you the opportunity to participate in this uplifting, encouraging, and enlightening experience. You will be able to hear from other women through their struggles, through their successes, and how they overcame their difficulties. So if you're here for the first time, please feel free to subscribe so you can follow us on this awesome journey. Looking forward to hearing from you. I'm back today with our prior guest as we continue to explore her road to self-empowerment. Welcome. Thank you. So one of the other questions that I have, and this um, was really, I mean, it was, it, it was really thought provoking for me when you mentioned it and our last discussion when you were on the podcast. And I wanted to touch on that a little bit more, right? Because I have never been um, in a homeless situation or a situation where I was not able to be under, within a four walls, you know, and I had to stay in my car. And Uh I know that that must have been so difficult for you, you know? So I wanted you to to expound on that a little bit for me and tell me, I mean, I know that you had mentioned it happened um, shortly after when you had moved to Texas, you had gotten the job and then COVID hit, everything got shut down and that's where you lost a job, right? Mm-hmm. So is that the time when you did have to stay in your car temporarily and how long did you have to stay in the car and how were you affected? Like what were some of the things that you went, you had to do and how you felt going through that, you know, and what, what length of time was that? Can you give, tell me a little bit more about that? Um, well, it was when I, the first time it was brief, it was for a few days. Um, when I had got here and then had a couple racial situations at my first apartment that I had in Texas. Um, you said you had so, a few, uh, um, let me just racial. Racial as in? As in. The um, color of your skin racial? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. We'll have to touch on that one, but go ahead with your story. <laughs> yeah, ahead. it was just, it was a couple of briefs, um, one of them. So um, the neighbor that lived upstairs from us, we became good friends and she was a single mom with um, a couple boys, but they only you know, had a two bedroom and, you know, her boyfriend would come over. So I didn't feel comfortable staying in there. So I just asked, can my kids rest their head um, in there? And she was like, sure. So while they were up there, you know, I was down in the parking lot in my car. In the parking lot of the building? Of the apartment complex. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because I had gave up my uh, apartment, uh, complex, my apartment, because I wanted to get from out that area. So I was applying at other apartment buildings, but it was taking forever. And one of them had said I had got it. So when I gave him my notice and went to go to the other apartment, they had gave it to someone else um, behind my back or whatever. So I slept in the car there. And then when apartment finally took all my information and was saying that I was going to be able to move in, they they play games a lot around here with these apartment complexes. So um, one night I stayed in a hotel with the boys, but that's expensive, a hundred and something dollars. Right. Right. So I just, you know, seen if my kids can stay back over there and I just slept in my car, you know, if the car was still full up with our clothes in the back seat or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just reclined the driver's seat and just slept there. So, you know, when, when you did that, was it, like, how did you prepare yourself to go to sleep at night before you actually put your head down to go to sleep at night, knowing that it's just a car, which is a small vehicle? And how did you prepare yourself? Like, well, I made sure, sure I parked somewhere. Like, you know, stuff? I made sure I parked somewhere, like, in a lighted area. And because of the, 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 the bags and stuff with the cars, and I'm a small person, you really couldn't see me in the car um and then like when it got daytime i would leave and either go find somewhere where i can freshen up or you know and at the time i was working i had a a job so i would go there early you know and get dressed for work whatever before people came or something like that but um i just had to do what i had to do you know but as long as i knew freshen up at the person's home where your boys were resting their head or did you have to go to a public location the first time I could, um, but the second time I couldn't because it was a distance. Okay. Um, it was a distance from where I worked. Um, so to go all the way back there in the traffic to do that and then come back to work, I wouldn't have made it on time. So, okay. and my kids went to school still where the first apartment and where they were staying. So they caught, she dropped them to school or they caught the bus. Okay. okay. School. So I knew they were fine. Right. And I mean, I had to put trust because like I said, I just moved out here. I didn't know her be- previously, but mm-hmm. I came to her rescue and that's how we became friends because her boyfriend at the time um, that th- they were breaking up or whatever. And when we moved in, he was being uh, aggressive or whatever to her and he was breaking up with her. So when I reached out as a friend, like, you know, if you need anything or this and that, she just gravitated to me and we just became really good friends. And I would help her out with her two boys, which were younger. I think they seven and nine or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she would help me out with mine. So I just, you know, put trust in. So you guys had some things in common and you had Mm -hmm. the two boys and then after she was separated from Thanks. her boyfriend, she's a mm-hmm. single mother too, obviously. And yeah. we were able to, okay. And so that's how you were able to come together and she was able to help you out. Were the boys aware at the time for those few nights that you had to stay in the car? Not the first time, no. Oh. Okay. Not the first time. Um, but then I, as the second time came, you know, I don't, I talk to my boys and I mm-hmm. tell them, so I did. And of course they wanted to stay with me, but I told them it wouldn't be, ben- 
I know, but I was like, it wouldn't be beneficial because y'all still have to go to school. Because if you don't, it can come back on me and I'll have to go to court. So y'all have to go to school and let right. me figure out the, you know, adult stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and eventually they called me um, at work one day and said, can you be here for five o'clock to get your keys? And Oh, awesome. I was like, thank you, G. So I just, oh. I came, got my keys and went and got my boys and we've and been here. Mm -hmm. And then the girl from the apartment complex, she met another guy, but so now she then moved closer to us too. So we're still in contact with each other and That's the boys awesome. still go over there and play with her boys and because mm -hmm. she had, they have a house, so right. they got a yard and stuff like that. So occasionally right. the boys go over there too, mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And that's good because, um, you know, that it keeps that connection. And even though they, you know, they're new friends, it's still good for them to have those friends because um, they don't have other friends like they may have had when they were in New Jersey. So it's good that they can still reach out and they can still ha have time with the other two boys, you know, boys mm -hmm. playing with boys kind of thing, which, mm -hmm. is, which is good. But I do want to touch a little bit on that race, on that racial, what happened? Why was it a racial thing? What happened there? Um, the first incident was um, in school. Isaiah was the only African-American boy in his class and they started playing the black people songs. Really? So if you go on YouTube, he was the only, only African-American in, in his class. Mm -hmm. And the girls liked him and everything. And mm -hmm. so once they the, the, the Caucasian boys seen how the girls was flocking to him, buying them lunch and stuff, mm -hmm. they started getting mean to him and stuff like that. So one day he said he was in class and they was playing the Black people song. So if you go on YouTube and you type in the Black people song, you'll see what I'm talking about. And he said he asked them can they stop playing it because it was offensive and it made him feel some type of way and you know so he started not wanting to go to school anymore right. um that one so then the other one was you know catching a bus home to the apartment they mm -hmm. made a friend which mm -hmm. lived in the same apartment complex and it was a, a caucasian boy and one day after school they were playing after they got off the bus they were just playing inside the apartment complex with each other with the boy and the maintenance guy drove up on a cart and started cussing at my kids saying you know about them playing with the boy Tom are you bullying the boy and they was like no this is our new friend the boy even said no this is my new friend mm -hmm. and the maintenance guy he still just couldn't accept that that two black boys are playing with a white boy and he got in their face and and wow. so um my sons being who they are, well, Isaiah, the youngest one, <laughs> yeah. he, he said, um, what's your name? Mm -hmm. And the maintenance guy told him his name. Mm -hmm. And then he said, what is your name? And Isaiah said, my mom told me not to speak to strangers. Mm -hmm. And they took off running to the apartment. And right. they called and told me. I reached out to the apartment um, complex. And mm -hmm. a couple of days later, he called to, trying to apologize, saying he assumed. And I said, well, you know, why did you assume? Because two right. black boys playing with a white boy you know right. what are we teaching him right so that was another one and then the now, second was he, one was was he a caucasian person that he was a caucasian person the maintenance guy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so then after that I, um like in our little you know how apartments have sections or whatever mm -hmm. um we were the only african-american um family in our little section but i was okay i was cool with all my neighbors all three of the other apartments 
Right. But another section, a Caucasian couple will come over to buy in front of my door and let their dog use the restroom. Mm-hmm. And when I reported to the front office, they said I had to take a picture of them. And I said, I'm not taking a picture of strangers. That's invading mm-hmm. people's privacy. I'm mm-hmm. letting you know. Um, so they kept doing it, kept doing it. So I finally went to the office again and said, y'all have to do something about it. Because in Texas at that time, at that particular time, it's, it, the breeze blow and it was just coming right into my apartment. It was right. disgusting. Right. So right. they said, I think I know who's doing it or whatever. Um, and they asked me to describe and I did. And they said, yeah, I thought it was them. But instead of reprimanding them or dealing with them, they went and told them that I was complaining. Oh, wow. So when I came home, it was piles of poop in front of my front door. Wow. Um, So I went and I went back there and he was like, oh, that looks like retaliation. I took pictures. I said, you think? And then I came home again and they put them in doggy bags, Mm -hmm. but they put them by my front door and all around my tree. Mm-hmm. So that's when I had enough too. And that's when I put in my to my, my lease that I break right. in the lease right. because I, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, because you guys are, instead of helping me or whatever, you're telling these people to, that I'm complaining about things that mm-hmm. they shouldn't be doing and they're retaliating on me. So, so it was a struggle. You, you had to break the lease now. Did they still make you pay? Did you still mm-hmm. have to I still had to pay. You had to break the lease because of what was being done to you. Mm-hmm. I still have to pay. So I'm still actually paying because that was in February. That was um, so that was in February, and that's when I slept in my car for those weeks between February and March. Wow. Um, until I got this apartment, mm-hmm. and then the boys, a week was still, after- boys was now still back at the young ladies' homes all that. Mm-hmm. while I was get, trying to figure out the, this apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in March is when I moved here. And a week after I moved here is when COVID shut down everything. Okay. So in, in the, the second time around when you were in the car, that's when you had to go to public situations to kind of yeah. take care Crushing of it. So, so, like that. so mm-hmm. were you able to do, did you have to go like a Mac, like to a McDonald's or Burger King? I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, because they, they, I don't do the gas station things like Why that. So. Did they have anything like that over there? I don't know, because, you know, I didn't know anything about here or the area or anything. So I just knew to stay around my job area. Mm-hmm. So I just Ooh. stayed around my job area and around the apartment complex that I was trying to get in. And I just came every other day and, and crying to them and telling them, you know, I need a place to stay, me and my kids. And I just kept crying. And they were like, we're working on, working on. And what was taking so long is because all my documents is from Jersey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they had to verify it or they would say I had to reach out to the courts there to get the actual stamp copy showing that I have sole custody, even though I had a copy of it or I had to do this or do that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, COVID was was in effect but it wasn't shut down yet but things mm-hmm. weren't moving as fast as it was so it was a big struggle and then finally like i said they called me up on a friday and was like can you get here by five o'clock to get your keys you got the keys and i got the keys and you know and since then they was like you know i've been a good tenant or whatever and this and that so because so, even though i lost my job mm-hmm. you know and i was getting unemployment i i would 
like if my unemployment was 200, they got 100 to 150. So I, I just kept still paying, paying them. my rent, even mm-hmm. though, you know. I want to ask you about that unemployment thing, but I do want to, I do want to touch on something because now with the racial, I don't, I, I, and I'm going to ask you and you can answer, did the boys have to deal with racial discrimination in New Jersey? I mean, because now racial discrimination and they have to deal with that's something else. Now you have to take upon yourself now to explain to them and to walk them through so that, you know, it doesn't affect them in an emotional and a mental way as much as possible. Were they having to do? No, they weren't, they didn't have racial um, okay. issues there, but they had bullying okay. by the kids. They were bullied because they didn't have the freshest Jordans or this type of clothes or this type of jeans. Cause you know, all, that's why I said, told them that's not your friends. They were just associates and your football team members mm-hmm. or whatever, because friends wouldn't do that, right. you know, but I'm a single mom. I couldn't afford to get, they all had parents, a, a, a double family home or whatever, adult mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. I had to do what I could do. Right. So they got bullied a lot in Jersey. Um, to where they had to, you know, starting to fight and stuff like that. So that's why I figured this would be a good change here. Um, it was just in that area where mm-hmm. it was predominantly Caucasian, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I tried to tell them like, it's not everyone, because it wasn't everyone there, okay. you know? Um, you, it's just, we're, we're not prejudiced, but we don't like ignorant people. Mm-hmm. So it's the ignorant ones that do the racist stuff like that. Because even here where we are now, we're, um, we're not, it's, it's mixed, white, black, Mexican, or whatever, but you still have some ignorant black people, some ignorant mm-hmm. Mexicans, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I teach them, you know, we're, don't be racist, don't hate nobody, or whatever, just hate the ignorance that the person do, and let that show you what not to do, so. So how are you, how are you um, helping them to look out for themselves or protect themselves or what are some of the things i mean yeah you you know you you having that you're telling them you know not to hate everyone just the the negative or the ignorance that they do but how are you teaching them to look out for themselves because as you know uh throughout well, the US and worldwide recently there have been a lot a lot of racial things going on. well so are the you fortunate thing the fortunate thing and the unfortunate thing is because of COVID, my kids don't really leave the house. If they okay. leave the house, they're with me. Okay. Um, so when I'm gone at work, we have the double lock and I have the alarm system on. Okay. So they're basically in lockdown in Fort Knox mm-hmm. until I get home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still talk to them about it, but mm-hmm. they really don't have to experience it right now because of this pandemic. Okay. Um, so like even when they was going to school, whatever, you really can't, it, you, they really couldn't do the racist thing there at the new school because it was only a couple kids in the classroom for one and then they're all spaced out and then we all under mask and all this stuff. So I, I still talk to them about it and we listen to it on the news and we talk about what we hear on the news and this and that, but on a good flip side, they don't have to be out in it right now. Right now. But I do talk to them for when they get older to keep mm-hmm. your guard up and mm-hmm. don't call everybody your friend, you know, right. you know, pick and choose and you know what's right and what's wrong. So if it feels not right, mm-hmm. you know, don't be a part of it. So we have our little conversations and stuff. 
So they have, and, and, and they know that obviously they have their phones, so they know that if anything happens or, or somebody comes up to them about something, they can call you or whatever mm-hmm. the case might be. Um, because you just, sometimes you don't know who's, you know, being, uh, who's, yeah, legitimate they who's not legitimate, but yeah. Mm-hmm. They can call me or the neighbor downstairs, um, okay. her and her husband, they've become like auntie Evelyn and her husband, their older couple. She's always home. So they know to call her or I told them just even call 911 and then mm-hmm. call me or whatever, if it's a problem. So they have an but, auntie Evelyn over there too, already that, 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 that they call well, auntie she, they don't like, they don't like being around her because she's one of them ones where she don't bite her tongue. She speak oh. as she feel and she'd be like, <laughs> I will tear your behind up and <laughs> this and that. So mm-hmm. when I tell them, oh, I'm going to ask Miss Evelyn, can she come keep an eye? No, we fine. We fine. We'll be good. We'll be good. So it's not not a one that they want but i know i can call her if, right 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 and, yeah. and she's dependable you know she's gonna kind of keep them on the straight and narrow basically yeah 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 they might not like it but you you know mm-hmm. that she's gonna keep them on the straight and narrow <laughs> yeah okay so. well you know it's really awesome though that you have one or two people that you can depend on you can reach out to you can call whether they're in the same building or around the corner or 15 or 20 mm-hmm. minutes away the lady that you know the, mm-hmm. the, is that was um you know had that distance so anyway let's just talk about one other thing and that's you know we touched on the covid thing and i know that the boys were in school and mm-hmm. now you know they were in school but now they're back home and they're doing the virtual and mm-hmm. the financial aspect of it was really uh difficult for you and you were keeping some things under lock and key and that kind of stuff how is that working out you know, um, how's that working out? And have you been able to get the boys to stay away from some of the stuff in the, in the, you know, pantry oh, and how's that? Working oh yeah. Out? yeah. Um, well, the, the snacks and everything and the juices, they locked up in my room Okay. and every morning I ration out bottle of water, juice and whatever snacks to get them through. Uh-huh. You know, they can eat breakfast or whatever, eat what they want for breakfast. Here's your snacks. And then, when I come home for this past week, Isaiah's been cooking dinner. So mm-hmm. dinner's done. But um, as far as the snacks, because they would just sit there and eat. Mm-hmm. eat he's eat, a little eat. chef in your house, isn't he? He loves Oh, them. yeah. he's yeah. He made some, some nice meals this, this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, this past week. Um, so it helped me out a lot by me getting off late from mm-hmm. work. At least, you know, either it's already done or I tell them to go ahead and eat because I'm going to be late. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So, but as far as the snacks, I keep it locked up in my room and I mm-hmm. ration it off because they, they'll just eat, 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 but they'll eat junk food, you know, all day. Yeah. So I don't put it out there. Yeah. Um, before we go, there is one thing that I'm hoping you can um, explain a little bit in case somebody's going through the same situation. You did mention that you were able to get some assistance on employment from New Jersey, even though you were in Texas. How did you go about doing that? And, you know, you don't have to go into detail if you wish, but, you know, was it easy to do that? Was it difficult? How, how well, was you able to do that to get the help that you needed during that time? Well, I had put in for Texas unemployment since I was working here and got laid off here. And Mm -hmm. they told me that um, 
unemployment goes between a certain time period in that time frame i was living in jersey so i had to go and apply through new jersey it took a while um but it finally came through um from new jersey so i had to apply through new jersey which to me it benefited more because you know here in texas they don't do state tax mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um so it helped out it took a, a long time it took a while process and because i guess i'm in texas and it was coming from new jersey but texas they they i couldn't get unemployment from texas because between the time period i wasn't working in texas and mm -hmm. even health insurance i don't have health insurance right now because i'm through an agency mm -hmm. and at least over in jersey if even if you're working and you don't make enough you still can qualify for medicaid assistance at least right here sure. is totally different the kids can okay. get it but the adults can't get it so how long do you have to well while so you're I, until i get hired on as permanent mm -hmm. and get benefits for the job i'm without insurance i've been i've been without no insurance for a year now so you're paying literally out of your pocket if, pocket you if I, I have to go or if you mm -hmm. have to get blood work, that, that kind of stuff. So, so I haven't got none of that done. When you applied for Jersey, did you do it online or did you do it or did they help you um, at the unemployment center there? I had to do it online. You had to do it online in New, in, for New Jersey. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And then they did the phone interview and then mailed the information or whatever. You had to do everything online. Okay. Okay. It did take some time, but it all was done online. So just in case mm -hmm. someone is listening and they're in that similar situation, you know, um, they can reach out to where they were and they can um, maybe... Yeah, it depends on what time period. Okay. Okay. Because so the, the best thing to do then would be for them to go to the unemployment center or call the unemployment center where they're located and, and they and can tell, tell you where within the time frame or if they have to go back to... Yeah. The, Okay. Yeah, they'll ask you where you were working within that time frame. And if you were working in the state that you're living in, then that's fine. But if at that time frame you was in another state, then they're going to tell you you have to apply at that state. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that is good information. And that can help one of these wonderful, strong women that's out here that might be going through that similar struggles. Because as you well know, I mean, we might not speak on it a lot but a lot of us women mm -hmm. go through similar situations and mm -hmm. you know, even 10 15 years ago they went through something similar but with the COVID, a lot of people might be going through something similar to that right now and just having that information and understanding what they can do to at least start the process you know is mm -hmm. good to know so that's why i asked the question that's why you know i kind of wanted you to expand and explain a little bit on that so I know that you're a busy young lady. I know you have a lot to do and <laughs> I am not going to try to keep you. I will let you go. And I thank you for coming on again this morning and giving us a little bit more of that wonderful information that someone can use. And I look forward to speaking with you in the future when you're probably in another season of your life, when you're, you, you know, you've gotten <laughs> to that home that you want to get to and you're doing great. Yeah, my goal. You know, we can, we can um, get together again and you can give us a little bit more mm -hmm. information about how you're doing at that time if you're open to it. Okay. okay?
right? Sounds good. Okay, my dear. So we will we will speak again later, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Okay. So, ladies, here we are again, continuing with some information from this awesome young lady that has gone through these difficulties, but she is using the lessons that she has learned to move forward in her life and to help her children move forward as they navigate still some of these difficulties that they're having, but she's not allowing them to hold her down. So let's get started. As we know, she talked about having to stay in her car temporarily. One of the things that she was able to do was she did get someone, a friend that she had made to keep her kids. And so her kids did not have to stay with her in the car. And when she did stay in the car, she parked in a very well lit area. And then her being a small person was able to lie comfortably in her car um, knowing that she wasn't going to be clearly seen, especially because she did have some things in her car that kind of blocked some of the, the, the view. She also mentioned that she freshened up at public locations when she couldn't get to that friend's home because it might be too much of a difficulty for her to get to the job that she had. Another point that she made was having to speak to her sons about the racism that they faced. And it is an ongoing discussion that she's having with them. They, as you see, I have asked her about telephones and so forth. The kids do have phones. They are aware that they can call her, they can call a neighbor or someone for assistance if they were to encounter a situation like that. And as we well know, we all know about Black Lives Matter. We all know about Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. So this is going to be an ongoing situation. And it is something that she is continually, as she has said, speaking with them about. They've watched shows. They've watched um, different discussions on television about these things. And she's in constant discussion with them. So it's an ongoing thing. She also has had to find ways um, to extend her food stuff, her snacks, and her monies, and so forth. And as we well know, kids are growing, they love to eat, they love to snack, you know. And so she's found ways of extending her food supply by putting out a certain amount on a daily basis for them that she felt will be enough for them and then keeping the rest of the stuff under lock and key so that they're not able to access them and eat her out of house and home while she's at work, which would mean that she would have to spend more money and, and, and she's trying not to have to do that. So that seems to be working for her at this particular time. And one final thing that she talked about, which I think is so very important, and that is the unemployment. Now, this might not necessarily apply to everyone, but what she did say was after she moved to the new state 
and she was having difficulties financially. She did try to apply for unemployment. She couldn't get it there, but they were able to advise her and she was able to apply in the previous state that she lived in because she did work there the majority of the time and she was still within that time frame that she could apply. She was able to apply there um, in her previous state and she did get unemployed the unemployment and the assistance that she needed. She did say she was able to do that basically online. There was not a, there wasn't anything that she had to worry about being there in person. All of it was done online. And with our technology today, um, basically you can do just about anything online. And so that was her saving grace in those difficult times when the finances were not coming in. So there you have it. Those are the few points. Hopefully someone can get a few golden nuggets from those. I know that it's absolutely not going to apply to everyone because not everyone is going through the exact specific same thing, but maybe somewhere along the way, there is someone that is going through something similar and someone that's listening might have heard something that can apply to themselves or to a friend and can give them that information or even direct them to the wars, the podcast and have them listen for themselves and see if they can learn from it and help to apply something that they've picked up to their situation. So again, I just want to thank you ladies for listening to this podcast and for joining me today. And I hope that you will invite your family and your friends, have them join us. And if you have any topics or any questions, send us an email, um, drop us an email, and we will try to respond to you or get that information to you. And again, this is when. See you then.